0: Chance to have worked, you know, with Steve and John and Ed and all the folks at Pixar for as long as I have, has had, uh, uh, trying to learn from that and appreciate what it really means to combine those things. A lot of people say that, but like, I'm into the arts and science together, aren't we happy? Sure, but ground truth when it comes down to it, what products are you actually building, that you're putting in market that actually support those agendas?
1: Oren Jacobs saw Star Wars as a kid and fell in love with the idea of bringing together technology and storytelling to create something entirely new. Today, he's the co-founder and CEO of PullString, a tech startup that teaches software how to have conversation. That could mean helping companies build an Alexa skill for Amazon's Echo or helping Hello Barbie to talk. I'm John Fort from CNBC, and you're listening to the Fort Knox Podcast, rich ideas and powerful people. I do this weekly, bringing you the highest achievers. We're going to learn how the very best climb to the top and pull out lessons along the way. If that sounds good to you, make this a habit. Apple's podcast app is the most popular way to tune in, but there are all kinds of ways, mainly just subscribe, and the Internet can do the work for you. I caught up with Oren at Mobile World Congress in Barcelona, Spain, where he spoke to leaders in the tech world about laying the groundwork for the future of voice interaction with computers, he told me how his early fascination with Star Wars led him to an internship and first career at Pixar, before he decided to start his own thing. So I want to dig into your background a little bit. Cuz yeah, yeah. I, I think it's cool. Um, you, first of all, you're, you're married to your second grade sweetheart. That's true. Which is, we'll, we'll get into the family because I, I think and I just justine and I, school, I had our
0: 70th anniversary on February 17th this year as well too. So. So that means you're, yeah.
1: Um, Awesome. That's your wedding anniversary. Yes. I I can't imagine how far you count back to actually second grade. And (laughs) you were were fascinated by technology after seeing Star Wars. You saw John Lasseter's Luxo Jr. and wanted to get into animation as well. So there's this kind of, I don't know, technology, um, human interaction, kind of how the real world gets represented. As a kid, which of those things, like, how did that evolve inside you?
0: How long do we have for this podcast? Uh, A long time. I'll give you the, give you the brief answer. Um, long time until tapas. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> technology and entertainment, yes, crossed very effectively in Star Wars and other films like that. Um, when I went to Berkeley, I was able to get an internship at Pixar and stayed there for 20 years. And when working there, technology and creativity crossed there unlike any place else on the planet. Um, and I think that while well, spending so long working in, working with computers and technology to help things move, which is what Pixar does, we and I use computers and technology to help things talk, which is what Polstring does. So there actually is quite a resonance in the approach to combining those two fields, humanities and science together. Um, I just always find that very interesting um, to work in that area, because your, your success case in the case of PoleString is, does someone enjoy talking to their Alexa skill Google Home Action. If they did, they're going to come back. And that's the win condition. Not as some proof that the computer science is right or not. And the appreciation and celebration of the arts and science together has always been as part of what I've enjoyed doing. Uh-huh. And I've been very lucky to do that now for 30 years of my career.
1: I, I was based out in Silicon Valley for about 14 years. The first two companies I was given to cover at the San Jose Mercury News were Adobe and Apple. Because I was a cub reporter, and they, yeah. they did want to give me the important stuff. <laughs> Back in the year 2000, Adobe and Apple was like, why don't you take those, right? And that intersection... Little did they know. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> uh, lucky me. Yeah. Uh, that intersection between the yeah. humanities right. and science is something that I used to hear from Steve Jobs all the time. Yeah. And, of course, he wasn't exactly a founder of Pixar. He kind of picked it up in a fire sale, right? But... <laughs> <laughs> from <Yeah>. Lucasfilm, right? <laughs> yes. Um, but so much of what Pixar has become, yeah. first trying to be a technology company and then realizing it was a studio, was about the intersection of those yeah. two things. How much did that influence what you think is important in the way you're trying to build Polestring?
0: Well, I guess that's probably why natively I was attracted to working at a place like Pixar because that was interesting to me as well. Um, certainly, if you go back to early Macintosh stories and like properly kerned and ligatured fonts. Steve was going to learn about that from this very beginning and follow that as a theme through his whole career. So I'm, I'm you're right to pick that up. That was certainly present both at Apple and at Pixar. Um, moving forward here to Pulstering, having a chance to have worked, you know, with Steve and John and Ed and all the folks at Pixar for as long as I have has had a, a, trying to learn from that and appreciate what it really means to combine those things. A lot of people say that. Like, I'm into the arts and science together. Aren't we happy? Sure. But ground truth when it comes down to it, what product are you actually building, that you're putting in market that actually supports those agendas? And when you, you can't build everything. So when you decide what you are and aren't going to emphasize or not, there's a really hard set of decisions about that. Technologists and the technologists in me will always push for, better APIs and stronger SDKs and more and more and more that way, and the film buff and me and the video gamer in me will look and say, well, is the product coming out here actually enjoyable? Do I like it? Do I want to talk about that thing again? And those two things that meet in a very frictionful place, but it, that makes it exciting. Mm. That's why it's not obvious. And I think as an approach, as a company we've taken, that's what differentiates us very substantially. Our customers find that, that our software emphasizes that very much, and that's not, not true to most people in the field.
1: So- I want to find out how you get to found a company, right? Because I think there are a lot of people who have dreams of doing stuff like founding a company, writing a book, but it's it's hard. Uh, And founding a company in particular takes a whole bunch of money in a lot of cases, because not only do you have to make a living, but if you need anybody to help you, they've got to make a living too. So maybe, I don't know, being at Pixar for a long time helped with that? How did...
0: Well, certainly Pixar to the state treats its employees very well. So I certainly had several months after I left Pixar to think about what I wanted to do, and that is a privilege, for sure. Um, but we had, within half a year or so of leaving the studio, Martha and I had, had connected, he also came from Pixar years before. Um, two became six, and then raised our first uh, investment capital about a year after leaving the studio, roughly speaking. So there was a couple months there where, with my 17-year-old married wife, we <laughs> looked at our family budget and we like, okay, look out, look out, look out, but you, know, you draw a little triangle graph and go, Don't get there. (laughs) We didn't get there and moved on. So that that takes a leap of faith for sure. Um, But it's also not years, right? Once you commit to do that as your full-time thing, what you think is a 40-hour week job just takes over your whole mind. You kind of can't work on that nine to five. So you suddenly start spending like twice and two times the effort you normally would and you quickly will motivate to go find the right seed investor or the right person to help you raise your first capital, whatever the business may need to do. you won't find yourself taking years to do that. (laughs) Because you're motivated very strongly to get that working quickly, so. You are innovating
1: in computer conversation, which when you started the company, or started these efforts, not as many people were familiar with, but lately with Alexa, the Amazon Echo, Microsoft Cortana, Google Assistant, Apple Siri, it's all the rage. What is it that you do in this space that's helping it become more of a big thing?
0: Uh, We build uh, tools that folks use to make computer conversation. So, like you would use Photoshop to work on a digital picture, or Microsoft Excel to work on a spreadsheet, you can use PullStream Converse to build and design a conversation, which then you can have on Alexa and other platforms as well, too. Now, when I first
1: met you, we we can't agree on on exactly the the terms of of how this (laughs) happened, but I remember that I came away from that Knowing that I had to download this app, Toy Talk, with yeah. this cute little character that you know kids interact with, this thing I was called you can the talk Winston to Show. Back the in Winston that. Show. Yes. That's right. Um, this is before Amazon Alexa and yep. all that stuff. What were you doing when you started out on this effort, and how did that fit in?
0: Uh, I think that the idea of being able to talk back and forth to characters is what motivated Martin and I to start the company. Um, and Back then, uh, right when we began in late 2011, Apple actually did announce Siri many moons ago back then as part of the operating system, uh, but we no one had taken that like, in an entertainment angle or particularly tried to build really credible, like high fidelity conversation. It was very sort of utility and fact-based. So we began um, building entertainment products in the children's space. The Winston Show was one of those. Um, the company evolved to work with Mattel to work on the Hello Barbie talking Barbie doll. Um, and do many other products with partners in the year since then. And then a couple years ago, Amazon Alexa happened, Google Assistant happened, Cortana happened, and the space opened very broadly. Um, and so now, the software that we built to create computer conversations what we sell as a company um, to large co- companies and enterprises who want to build themselves.
1: So how different is it now from what it was like back then? Because back <laughs> then, you were dealing yeah. with the processor, right, in, in the yeah. iPad. Um, it- d- d- do you mean it's
0: like a, as a field or as a product? Well, as a field, or, yeah.
1: and I guess the computer brain that you're able to plug into, okay. because now you're dealing yeah. with Microsoft's cloud, Apple's cloud, Google's right. cloud, Amazon's cloud, processing conversation, and I guess that makes for better conversation possibilities for the software you're writing, right?
0: Well, I'll say a couple things. It was a very empty, small swimming pool since five, six years ago when we started. <laughs> it's now a very big, very crowded swimming pool, so welcome to the party, everybody. That's super good news. Um, but back then, Siri was out, and there was one or two or three companies just dabbling in the space, and now that the large technology giants are all in, it's changed a lot of ways. So, You highlight a couple. One is that speech recognition accuracy is very good now. Um, for uh, normative, accented, main languages across the globe, you're talking about 95% or better accuracy rates. That was not the case at all five years ago. Um, intent recognition, how well computers can under- not only to hear the words you say, but understand what you're saying has also gotten way better as well, too. All the companies you mentioned offer those capabilities, broadly speaking. So, Polstering itself now can build upon those technologies, and I don't have to build it from scratch anymore. But that's a gift. I don't want to compete with those guys on speech recognition and intent recognition. But I do want to really help build great, exciting, entertaining conversation that folks want to talk to. So, we focus on that area specifically now. And that's really different than five years ago. That was not there <laughs> at all.
1: Second grade was a big year for Oren. I mean, his life started to take shape. As our conversation continues, we connect the dots on education and dealing with the unexpected. Oren, where is the beauty and the art in this voice landscape that we're getting? Because right now it seems like ah, uh, you're asking question. questions, you're getting it, It's very sort of transactional, basic, and robotic uh, in a yep. way. Are we getting to someplace else where these computers are going to be telling us a story or seeing us, or doing something that's a bit more fun? Well,
0: yes, that's (laughs) that's why posturing exists. I guess that would say that if you're at the airport flying home a couple days from now, and you meet someone getting some tapas in the Barca airport, and they answer you like a robot does, you will stop talking to them in about 10 seconds because they're boring and go talk to somebody else who's not boring. So the minute that we were able to and continue to increase the fidelity of conversation to make it interesting and connected, um, listen better and respond better, that will easily dominate the field. No one comes to your house and says, hi, John, I'm boring, have me over for dinner. Thanks, goodbye, slam. Like, no. You invite every dinner guest that you want to talk to. And we're very lucky at Train to have gotten to work with a lot of media companies. We've built things like in our software, the SpongeBob SquarePants skill on Alexa. Mm-hmm.
1: When you bring a character in... Just saying SpongeBob SquarePants skill Bill. is funny. So Sorry. I just Right, I just, right. I thought, so you already I just, want to talk to it. Yeah, yeah I, I, got, yes. I got to stay there for a moment before I <laughs> move on.
0: Okay. No, right, so as right. you're trying to decide what menus or uh, items are coming on and off the Krusty Krab order list in the fast food chain, um, you're talking to SpongeBob in your house, I'm taking a different tax with Destiny 2, the video game, um, our software is used to build the in-game Destiny 2 Alexa skill as you change weapons and armor and call for help in your multiplayer combat arena in full character as the ghost and the character speaks to you back and forth. When you start seeing things like that get built, yes, I know entertainment companies will go there first, but all the other brands and companies out there, um, from insurance to travel to uh, pharma to healthcare to retail, pick your favorite vertical. If they continue to bring out skills that diminish personality and don't really engage, people won't want to speak to that. But you push that forward because it's conversation. We're using language. We're naming each other right now here. That's innately interesting. People talk to each other all the time. So the space will go there, and we're trying to help it get there faster.
1: Okay, so hit rewind for me. Uh, you see Star Wars for the first time. Yeah. You're
0: how old? Uh, seven, yeah, I guess, yeah.
1: So right around the time when you're meeting your wife.
0: Y- yes, <laughs> very close to <laughs> the
1: That's right. A lot happened then, yeah. it's that's a big year for yeah. you. <laughs> um, figured out what you wanted to do with your life yeah. at, at seven. Um, what, what was your first either creative project or business or thing you were into as a kid that you can trace wow. some of this all the way back to?
0: Wow. Uh, it actually will cross back through Star Wars, back to Steve Jobs and Apple. Uh, my elementary school was very fortunate to be one of the very first schools to get the, um, a grant for a dozen Apple IIs. Uh, and not, I say Apple TV, like an old, old school, legit Apple II, like cassette drive 32K RAM. We eventually got the floppies and then the green little minus screens things. And uh, I joined the computer club right away. And uh, we used to spend after school hours in like third and then through fourth grade at University Park Elementary in Irvine growing up, um, playing Mad Lib games, then became Space Invaders, then became you know other set of graphic game things, but also we had programming classes in basic. Um, and that crossed at Star Wars within a year to each other in the late 70s um, and the, I guess that's the tracing back to that was I started to build your own programs all I my own games now maybe I could like do some then some local businesses wanted some years later want help setting up VisiCalc for the local like hardware store I can do that We <laughs> so you volunteer forever paper out money but yeah it just became a thing that I was interested in doing and that expression of technology and computers carried through my entire life since then
1: there's yeah. some good you know, great coding workshops for kids and programs online right now. What should schools be doing more of to not only capture that sort of experience that you had as a kid that got you into this, but even accelerate it for the time we're in now?
0: That's a great question. Uh, I strongly support um, teaching computer science at the grade school to high school level. Um, I'm very fortunate my kids are going to a school that offers that now for several full year courses. That's at high school level. If you back up there to junior high school and earlier, a lot of kids love Minecraft and Microsoft uh, was lucky to, to pick that up. That's great, i like Minecraft too, I'm into that. More importantly... Can you, be- can you believe they paid a billion dollars for it? Easy, that, they got a deal. Yeah. But at the
1: time <laughs> it seemed pretty wacky. It seemed, it was, but like... It they, was the first major thing that Satya right. and Adela bought. And people were like, Minecraft what? for a
0: billion dollars? Like- <laughs> right, yeah, but because of this, this right, <laughs> yeah. customization and modding of Minecraft is a spectacular way to motivate kids as young as third or fourth grade, if not younger, depending on what resources you have, to like first change the colors of your blocks all the way to by like changing the entire structure of the game. If you're already into Minecraft, which is collaborative and awesome in lots of ways, that's a phenomenal way, I think, for people to get access to developing uh, and understanding how you can use computers to do what you want them to do. So that's what my kids are guilty of, Minecraft body pretty heavily as well too. To try to
1: bring these things together, are we ever gonna get to the point where we are coding by talking?
0: Interesting question. Um, I have had that conversation a couple of times. I think we're still a little far from that because of the specificity with which one tries to code. And that's an interesting, like, difference between language, English, and language, Python, or JavaScript. Mm -hmm. And computer languages are highly precise, super accurate, but very small aperture. They're very fussy. One missing semicolon, one missing curly brace, and you're done. English language in general is super imprecise, totally inaccurate, but it's as broad to consider the entire human condition. This is why computer conversation is hard. Mm. So to use a thing as imprecise as us speaking, and, and, and English or Spanish or Ca- Ca- Castilian or Catalan, to write Python or JavaScript seems tricky to me. But instead, elevating computers to, under- to give computers the gift of language may enable us to not have to speak Python but speaking English, get them to do things for us that way. It's
1: easier to go from precise to general than the other way around.
0: We're on that journey now, and there's a billion bucks times each one of Amazon, Google, and Facebook, and Microsoft, and Apple being poured into this space to get that to happen right. To give the gift of language to computers so we can talk to them and talk to each other. I want to talk finally about
1: this, I guess it's fair to say pivot that you made from Toy Talk to to Enterprise Platform for Voice (laughs) Computer Conversation. What was that like? Because you were trying to build something else at least as a, as a proof for what the technology yeah. could do at first, and then you
0: had to switch things up pretty dramatically. You know, Company changing direction is very hard, um, and we realized that the technology we had built internally that allowed us to make The Winston Show and other, pro- and other entertainment products like that itself suddenly was far more valuable because the rest of the field opened up. When did you realize
1: that The Winston Show wasn't gonna be on Netflix? <laughs>
0: I'll tell you, you, know, being in the family entertainment space in mobile and digital and building a company from the ground up there was very hard. In fact, I don't think anyone's actually pulled that off. It's very successful for Disney and Nickelodeon and companies who are the existing brands, but that's a hard challenge. Any company's hard, but that's particularly hard. We would have carried on with that if we felt we could have won that, but in the meantime, we actually, the software system we built internally, we called upholstering, and we had this phenomenal system that was very expressive and very powerful and it can support some of the biggest experiences in the market already out there. And then the rest of the field explore to the rabbits. So we should sell that because that is unique in the space. We're five years ahead of all the competitors are out there trying to build things like this. Let's bring it out to market and give that a go. That's a hard soul search, and you meet with the team, and like, we're going left, and there we are.
1: <laughs> so. What does the end game look like for you now? Is it possibly getting bought or going public? How is profitability look? I mean, it's, it's different from, from trying to get people to download an yeah. app. Now you're selling to, to businesses that, that want to get on Amazon. I mean, that's, that's got
0: to be worth quite a few bucks. From you to all their ears, yeah. <laughs> uh, certainly it's an enterprise SaaS business now today. We work, we sell to medium to large size businesses in general. It's a v- remarkably different business than retail app downloads, mm-hmm. uh, broadly speaking. Um, they in there is to build a successful, meaningful business in the space. And if you look at how well Adobe has done, since you said you started back in 2000 watching this Photoshop thing, is that still important? Is turns Clark
1: going to take them out?
0: <laughs> turns out no, and Adobe wants to go eat that space now. That, yeah. They're remarkably valued in this space because they offer such a comprehensive solution. Um, and the fact that we go from initial design all the way to deployment, everything in the middle is done on the platform from day one. Um, and we have a major release announcing tomorrow, by the way, so glad to be here to talk about that. Um, that gives us a big advantage in the space, to build a meaningful business in computer conversation with one we want to do. So we're off to that as fast as we can.
1: Uh, so are you trying to stay independent? Are you taking Adobe's calls? I mean, it seems like a space I'm they I'm happy to wanna... have a cup
0: of coffee in Barcelona, <laughs> but yes, we're happy to stay independent and uh, run the business there.
1: All right, Oren, thanks so much for sitting down with me live in Barcelona, Mobile World Congress. Fascinating space. I mean, everybody likes talking to Alexa. It's the reason I don't have Alexa at home, because
0: <laughs> I've got a seven-year-old <laughs> and a nine-year-old, and they would drive me nuts. So I I have to tell you, when we unboxed our first Echo, and I got it working and said, hey, you know, Alexa, this, that, and the other, my daughter walks over, hey, Alexa, can I order one gallon of chocolate ice cream? Bum bum, add it to your list. (laughs) Hey, Alexa, can I order 10 gallons of chocolate ice cream? (laughs) Bum bum. and you look, hey, Alexa, can I get 100 (laughs) gallons? Like, tell me, what are you doing? So yes, your kids will immediately attach to it that fast, and you will then go delete, delete, delete on your Amazon Fresh list right after that fact.
1: That's why I don't have one. Yeah. Siri, I can control.
0: (laughs) right? She only
1: responds to my boys. Yeah. They have to ask, they had access to her. Yeah. Alexa, man, she's crazy. I can't, I can't let her in. Wait, Oren, thank you. Thank you very much, John. Appreciate it. I think it's cool how technology and creativity were woven so much into Oren's experience. And that combination of George Lucas and Steve Jobs, if you didn't catch it, Pixar was actually born out of Lucasfilm and Oren had been inspired by Star Wars. So it all ties together. I'm John Ford from CNBC. This has been Fort Knox, Rich Ideas and Powerful People. Subscribe on Apple's podcast app or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Check out the reviews on iTunes. Leave me a note. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox channel on YouTube. That's F-O-R-T-T-K-N-O-X dot com slash YouTube. Follow me, John Fort, on Facebook and Twitter. There you'll see video from some of these interviews. And you can say hi to me live, usually Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern there I'll tackle some of the most interesting business and economic issues with a little help from my friends at CNBC and from you. Just go to YouTube and search for Fort Knox or go to Facebook or Twitter and search for John Fort and follow me. Meanwhile, share this, tell a friend, drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or fortknox.com. And as always, thank you for lending an ear.